Have you been looking for a way to stay focused on your goals and grow your MSP? Accountability groups from Rocket MSP can help. We offer weekly accountability sessions that meet online with a group of your peers. Your success begins with accountability. Go to www.rocketmsp.io to join your accountability group today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Plus, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, guys, we are live. Welcome. Thanks for joining me. Uh, today I have uh, Crystal to, I think, the left and Derek to the right. <laughs> um, not, not that I couldn't tell which one's which. I just, uh, I never know. Like, is it mirrored? Is it not? You know, because... <laughs> You know, usually I'm on Zoom and it's like, wait, are they really to the left or is it to the right? So, no, Crystal's on my left, Derek's on my right. Um, Crystal is with Synchro and Derek. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Aloha, I'm Derek Gabriel. I'm the CEO and original co-founder of Ignite Solutions Group. We're a uh, technology service provider in Honolulu, Hawaii. Awesome. Thank you very much for doing that. So, um... What we're going to do today is something a little different. I, I know you guys uh, might actually be sick of us by now. Crystal and I have, have done like half a dozen of these where we just come on, we talk about Synchro. I've, I've been able to ask her some questions and talk about my experiences uh, while using Synchro. And um, it's, it's been fun for me. I've learned a lot. Um, I actually, I think it's safe for me to say I was one of those guys who had a really strong opinion about synchro uh, because I I remember using it in the um, repair shopper days you know so it wasn't even synchro yet um, so so I was I was really opinionated because I was thinking you know break fix um, but it's really not break fix these days it's it's MSP it is synchro MSP and um, and I and I also have have kind of come to realize that it's not necessarily small MSP. You know, like, I think I think one of the things that a lot of people assume is that um, you're going to outgrow Synchro. And and while you may, you may kind of hit, I'm going to call it a ceiling on what you can automate within Synchro just because they haven't developed certain PowerShell things yet, right? But that doesn't mean they won't make it for you. So uh, I, I, I want to, I guess, first, Derek, tell me a little bit about uh, your MSP. What size are you? You know, How many employees do you have? How many endpoints do you manage? Uh, how much money do you make? You know, whatever you're willing <laughs> to tell us to, to help us kind of, like, qualify all of the people right. that could be watching this and, and trying to justify synchro sure um i consider us to be small um 
we, uh, technically right now there's only one full-time employee and that's me uh we're formed as a corporation um i i built the business uh, so i originally let me go back a little bit i originally started a technology company in 2005 and that was sort of by accident um i had moved to hawaii in 2002 and it was i wanted to get as far away from the midwest as possible and still live in the united states i'm originally from north dakota uh, Colorado, Kansas. And I used this as a young child uh, with freezing ears while I was shoveling snow up to my knees or waist. I would say to myself, self, I don't want to live somewhere where I have to shovel snow when I grow up. Right. <laughs> and so that's ultimately how I ended up in Hawaii. And I, after moving to Hawaii, I wanted the job with the least amount of responsibility. And um, I answered some ads in the newspaper and, and took a job at a car dealership as a service advisor. And I did that for a few years. And um, uh, it was a the original was a Ford dealership, and then I, I went to work for a Mercedes dealership, thinking that the Mercedes dealership, uh, because it was a better brand, would be a much better place to work. And it turned out that the folks that ran the business uh, were pretty horrible, um, and it was not a fun place to work. Um, there was days where the the wash boys would go home for whatever reason at two o'clock, and I would be in my suit and tie washing my customers' cars because you know they had to be clean when they got them back. And so one day I put in my two weeks notice and uh, I was uh, walking across the street. Oh, my! at the time I put the notice in, the assistant manager says, well, if that's the way you want to be, might as well leave now. I'm like, all right, here's my keys. Here's my, my phone. And I, I did that thing you see in, like right in the movies. I had the box and I all my stuff fit into a little box. And I was walking across the street. It was a beautiful November afternoon in downtown Honolulu. And my tie was slapping me in the face a little bit because there was a breeze. And I thought... What am I going to do now? The funny thing was I was super happy. And so I knew it was the right decision. And um, I, I called a friend of mine that had uh, a technology company in Kansas City. And at the time, that was back when, you know, application service providers, that was all the rage, um, you know, way pre-cloud and still still hosting. And so I, he, him and I had uh, been friends for quite some time off and on. And um, I saw him sort of build his company. And he knew some of the stuff that I was able to do as a software developer. So I thought... I'm going to call this guy and tell him, hey, you got a branch. Uh, tell your clients you have a branch office in Honolulu and I want some work. And I thought I was going to get software development work. And the phone started ringing almost immediately, you know, and it was, hey, can you go install a router? Can you go fix a printer? Can you help us upgrade our Internet? Right. And it was it was all this outsourced stuff that I didn't understand. But I, I was immediately uh, became a trunk slammer, you know, and um Surprisingly, though, did really, really well because I, I hadn't anticipated that in a place like Hawaii, we're very isolated. Um, there's a lot of large uh, corporate entities that have offices here, especially in retail and hospitality, right? And so they they need tech people, but they don't have tech staff, right? They don't want to pay for full-time people. So we did a lot of outsource work, got tied up with uh, CompUSA for a period um, and was doing really well. And, um, and then there was some, some writing on the wall. But ultimately, that, that company started in 2005. Um, I ended up spinning off uh, my own business out of that because we had some weird double taxation with the way you know, it was working, the corporate tax versus the personal tax, blah, blah, blah. So it, and then essentially, we did a combination of that. I had a, 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 you know, a couple of friends that joined me along the way. And it was field service, network heavy, uh, we sort of called it infrastructure management, that kind of thing, right? Tried to 
you know, build reoccurring revenue before reoccurring revenue was all the thing, right? But, you know, had a, had a really hard time because it, it was really hard even just to negotiate relationships, right? So we did a lot of work with Starwood for a period um, through Sprint. And then Sprint lost their contract with Starwood and it was this other company. And then suddenly we got a company from Canada calling and saying they want to negotiate a contract. And they're, you know, they're like a third of the price of what we were getting with the other company. And it was one of those moments where it's like, you know what, F you. And, and then you're like, oh, now what am I going to do? Um, so uh, Ignite actually started in 2014. And, you know, I saw the cloud early on. And I knew it was going to be a big thing, especially um, for small businesses, right? Because we were going out at that, you know, in the early days trying to sell like small business server, right? To a, to a small business, maybe they got 10 employees or 15 employees and you had to license office for the 10 or 15 machines. You had to license window for the 10, 15 machines if they didn't have the OEM license. And then you had to license the cows and the small business server. And it was like a $20,000 outlay for someone to, to, to do a small business server. So suddenly, you know, it was back in the early days, right? Business productivity suite. And it was like $20 a month per employee instead of $20,000 up front. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's gonna be big. Um, but, you know, it, it the way business works, right? You, you have people know you a certain way, people know you do a certain thing. All of our customers at that point were, were you know, a lot of large corporate customers. And no matter how we tried to spin uh, maintenance contracts, it just, it just didn't work out that well. So I kept running into customers that would say, hey, you know, we're doing this thing, we, we got this cloud stuff or whatever. And I would be like, well, why didn't you call us to help you with that? And the story that they would tell me is, oh, we didn't know that you did that, right? And so 2014 rolls around, and um, I met a gentleman um, that was doing a bunch of HR stuff and contracting things for another military-focused uh, company. And I said, hey, let's start our own business. And so in 2014, Ignite Solutions started, and it's it's been, it's been an interesting ride since then. Um, it was probably, I think, 2016 when I got real serious about the business. Um, it was sort of uh, touch and go. Um, the revenue was horrible uh, to non-existent. Um, uh, my business partner ended up leaving. Um, him and his, his wife worked, uh, she's from Japan. She worked for a Japanese company. And um, they ended up closing their Hawaii office. And they decided to move to San Francisco. They were ready to start a family. They have a beautiful little kid now. Um, but yeah, so... I basically in 2016 sort of kind of had a moment to myself and said, you know, what are we going to do? And um, I decided that I would get serious about the business. And that's when I sort of, you know, started uh, the official MSP at that point, right? That's where it was cloud first, cloud focused. All of the solutions were uh, built around Microsoft solutions. I, I had, you know, back that at that time, Microsoft was still very focused on small businesses. So I had, you know, partner account managers, um, gentleman named Justin Slagle that I worked with on a regular basis has been instrumental in getting me to, I think, where I, a, a lot of great advice came from him, a gentleman named Sherman Cranser that worked at Microsoft um, that has now, uh, interestingly, on his own helping, uh, helping cloud partners accelerate. But yeah, so 2016 to 2020, 20, end of 2020, I just hired my first full-time technician who's going to start on Monday. And, and so, yeah, that's <laughs> long answer to a, a short question about how big we are. But I, I kind of wanted to qualify, you know, a lot of what, what we're going to talk about sort of based on this, right? But I did as much as I could uh, as a sole proprietor to uh, grow without people, right? And so I, I took advantage of automation a lot. Um, and that was important in a lot of the tools. Um, and uh, I, I used, out, you know, some contractors, some outsourcing as well along the way. But I'm, I'm 
I'm pretty proud. I mean, as a, as an individual, we're closing out. So I just before the call, I did some numbers real quick. We haven't closed the official books, so I don't have uh, net numbers. But gross receipts for 2020 right now are $257,000, and we've got like one uh, order for for some network equipment that's like four grand that's supposed to close. Like hopefully she pays today, <laughs> and then it'll be I can say it was 260. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. So. Um, that is, and you know, and to put put that growth in perspective, um, I, you know, I said 2016 is when I got serious and decided that it was going to go from a hobby business. Uh, you know, it was it was lifestyle at that point, and I decided I'm I'm really going to grow a company. And in 2016 to 2017 was a 66 percent increase, and then 2017, 2018, 2018, 2019, those are both you know, obviously building years, right? But I, I was looking back and. Uh, 2017 to 18 was a 12% growth and 18 to 19 was only 18%. And those felt big at the time and the 2020 hits. And this year we're closing, like right now we're at 49.75. Um, so, you know, if we put a couple more dollars in the books, we might hit a 50% this year. But what's really awesome is that $257,000 is not reoccurring, all reoccurring revenue, right? That's, that's total gross. And we had a lot of hardware sales this year, right? Um, uh, work from home drove we were costco i cleared them out a couple times i was standing in line with 10 laptops like hoping they weren't going to limit me right and um we, you know putting orders in with dell that were taking three months to fulfill so i i think we did probably at least maybe seventy five thousand in hardware alone but so again focusing on on sales focusing on growth we did just sign we closed. Uh, in fact, uh, the joke was I usually take like Christmas to New Year, like a couple, the last couple of weeks of the year off. And this year I'm not because we're onboarding a customer uh, because we just closed another new contract um, for the year. And so now we, we, I have hit the 250 mark in full reoccurring revenue for 2021. That's we have contracted. So um, I, yeah, I'm super excited about that. And, and, you know, uh, margins took a hit because, you know, as you so the other thing I do in December is I, I'm just rambling. You guys stop me anytime. times. I know that was kind of a specific question. <laughs> no, no, it's, but it's good information. It's you know it's right. not relevant to the question, but you're you're still <laughs> educating me on how your business runs. You're fine. <laughs> right. And December's the time also. Like I feel is the, there's two things that are great about December, right? We all know it's a great time to get a deal from vendors mm -hmm. because a, a lot of them are still compensated. Like they do they sell ser services like it's hardware, right? It's a three-year contract, and you got to sign this DocuSign. I have a DocuSign in my inbox right now for, to decide if we're going to go back to uh, IT Glue. And, uh, you know, it's a three-year contract. It's, I was like $12,000, $14,000 over the three years. And I'm like, do I really want to give Kaseya fourteen grand? I mean, like, what am I going to get out of it? So, um, anyway, I, I usually suffers that time to reflect on, the, on what's going to happen for the future, what happened in the past, and uh, shuffle the deck. You know, um, we the nice thing that that we do is, um, you know, so I actually don't call us an MSP anymore. I call us a, a technology solutions provider, technology most recently a technology success provider. And the thing is, we're all at the end of the day selling all the same services, right? Patch management, automated remediation, blah 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 blah. And but the VCIO thing has become really really important and key. That along with cybersecurity, and so being able to focus on those. Uh, gives us an opportunity where we're selling a solution package, right? And so if if there's a tool and I want to swap out 
it, it, as long as the customer is getting the thing that we promised at the end of the day, the result, then it doesn't matter how we achieve that. So that's that's one of the things that I think has been really beneficial uh, for me as well is um, I mentioned Justin Seigel from Microsoft. He told us, uh, it must have been five or six years ago now, but he said stop selling Microsoft 365. At the time it was Office 365. And I was like, wow, that is such a hyperbolic statement. What do you mean by that? And he did a video, and I actually still have the video, and I go watch it every once in a while for inspiration. But the point of the message was don't stop selling the product. Stop selling it as a product, right? So when you, if you're out there selling Microsoft 365 and you're selling, you know, the E3 SKU, everyone knows the price. A couple bucks right. for, for license. Right. That doesn't do you any good. Depending on your distributor, right, you're going to get 5%. You're going to maybe get a kickback from Microsoft on top of that, depending on how you're buying. So, but no, I, people can I'm price with, shop. It's a commodity, right? I'm yeah. with you there. I mean, and so when you're doing that, you, in my opinion, you should be kind of bundling everything. You know, you like uh, for now, I'm doing everything as per user, um, and I think in uh, Q2 or Q3, I'm going to adjust some pricing. So I'm going to have my per user stuff, and then I'm going to have my per yep. device stuff. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly what his messaging was. And so that's when we, we started with Ignite. So we have an Ignite technology package, right? Mm -hmm. And we sell, we have, so I'm with you. I'm an all-in seat price. We do all-in seat price, and, and I started that sort of, that just, that came, that came organically. That came from the School of Hard Knocks, right? But then there's people like Gary Pika uh, and, and folks that like, you know, kind of preach that. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, this is what you're saying. Cool, I get it. Like, I'm, you know, and that's one of the things we just joined uh, True Methods, um, probably in November. And uh, I'm excited because what, a lot of the things I feel like I learned organically um, through the School of Hard Knocks, you know, he's talking about that he learned, you know, through his experiences. And so it, it feels like it dovetail well. So, you know, there's a, a book, What Got You Here Won't Get You There. And I, I believe in that quite a bit so you know i've got to do something new and, and, and learn some new things but um we sort of did packages inside of the all-in seat price and we essentially because uh we uh, our customer base is fairly diverse we up to this point haven't done um stand, like specialization uh but we are starting um organically again um that grew so hospitality retail luckily we weren't heavy on those um to the pandemic um, so I do have a couple of friends that own restaurants and I did a bunch of free work for them to help out. Um, and, uh, but, uh, we have some folks in retail, uh, luckily we have one that's sort of medical, uh, there's, there's sort of, um, discrete manufacturing in the medical space. And so they're, you know, extremely essential business. Um, they've been growing through this period as well. And then, uh, we have a number of nonprofits. So we're, our sort of, um, specializations going towards nonprofits, and it's funny because usually when I mention nonprofits, a lot of people sort of like look at me really weird because they're like, how, how is there money in that space, right? Because they're so they're so capital constrained, and and that's true. They are. They have extreme overhead, you know, uh, constraints, and they they have very um, uh, labor intensive. They, they very um, they need to have a lot of reporting that's done to the to the um, funders a lot of times, right? And so. The default way to do that, the default way that a nonprofit solves their problems is by staff, right? They staff people. And so the cloud, specifically Microsoft, with their ridiculous discounts, made it really fantastic for us to essentially pass on those discounts to the customers in our bundle. And so essentially a nonprofit pays half of what 
uh, a regular customer of ours would pay, but we still have the same amount of margin. And so um, we're delivering to nonprofits, not a technology product again, right? We're delivering to them an optimization solution that really helps them on the back office. The CFOs love it. I, to, you know, I go out and before the pandemic, we went to lunch, but now we do virtual Zooms and stuff, right? right. But um, the CFOs told us they love it because they, they got a fixed cost, right? That all on seat price. And then the, C the CEOs love it too because, again, it's it's helping them uh, expand some of their capabilities. Um, yeah, I'm totally rambling again. So back to you. <laughs> no, and the and the best part is I can I can mute myself on the video and cough, but I think you guys <laughs> still hear me cough. Um, sorry and, and no it's fine for all of those um all right so i i want to rewind a little bit so i think i heard you say we have 250 for mrr are you saying you have 250 seats that you're managing right now no we have we're so we have 10 fully managed customers and then we have a handful of what i call diy okay. and diy grew out of um those are typically customers that have their own it staff and, and they're, they range from like 150 to 300 employees and they wanted Microsoft licensing. And so they, it's, it's, it was hard to sell. Like I had to come up with a way that I could sell Microsoft licensing and we would obviously be the partner of record mm -hmm. and, um, you know, help with that sort of that third tier of support. Right. But, you know, essentially when you've got a Microsoft partner that sold you a license, you've got to call the partner for support. But 99% of the time we're escalating that because it's an exchange, whatever, or it's a, you know, it's some backend service, but there's a value to us being that nothing sucks more in life than calling Microsoft tech support. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. And so there, there's a, there's a little bit of value to selling someone licensing and being an expert and how it's provisioned and, and, you know, activated and used um, so what we came up with was we came up with the DIY package and essentially that allowed us to have that tiny little bit of margin and almost no cost. And so those customers don't really count for much. Right. But there's a huge opportunity for us as we're growing to sell additional services to them. Right. right. So and what, a lot of what's... people would call that, um, co-managed it services, um, not it's not quite co-managed because sure. we're not well, it's not the it's not the you're a vendor to them you know right 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 so, it's not the full co-managed right so right. for but us you're, you're if it's co-managed doing a little bit of the office or microsoft 365 even if they're right. doing all the admin and you're just selling right. it to them you're right. you're at least managing the billing so <laughs> right. i would say that counts as co-managed and i think my my video is now doing goofy things so that's great uh, you so look I'm good here. Gonna, no, it's uh, technology, guys. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a new Mac next week. I'm telling you, I should do it tomorrow. That <laughs> yeah. way I can get the expense. We can call it co-managed light for, for to mince words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but right, so, the idea is to move to a full co-managed, right? Like absolutely. that's that's the yeah. So so do you have synchro agents on those endpoints? No, no, uh, we don't. So um, how many synchro yeah, agents it, it, do you have out there? So of those 10 clients that are fully managed, we have uh, roughly 350 actual endpoints uh, among them. And so those would be endpoints that, like, if I go into Synchro and hit assets, that's, that's a list I see. So uh, from those clients that 
you're doing some office stuff or Microsoft stuff and you don't have agents, how many how many users or endpoints could that potentially add if you were able to get all of those people on board? Probably like 500. Okay. Yeah, we so yeah, we would we would trip like essentially if I could sell them all contracts, I'd triple the business. Okay. Um obviously you haven't sold them all contracts, so you haven't tripled your business. I'm sorry. Um all right, so so let's talk about the 350 that are in Synchro. So you said you're about to hire your first guy. Um, yep, have hired. You, oh, you have hired. Okay. So um, to to have 350 endpoints, and you were doing all 350 by yourself, essentially, right? Correct. I mean, that takes, in my opinion, some serious automation or or some serious negligence. One of the two. Uh, I would like to think yours is going to be automation. Totally. <laughs> I don't, Crystal, you wouldn't introduce me to somebody that's negligent, would you? <laughs> <laughs> I certainly hope not. Yeah, I, I think I would. I would definitely. I would be happy to hear too. Again, that I was just looking. Yeah, you're spot on, right? At like 350 endpoints for one technician so far, owner operator technician. So not only are you the tech you are doing the sales, right. doing the marketing, doing the billing, all of that, all of that. So how are you leveraging the, the automation in Synchro? Extensively. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so like what, what have you automated? I think would be, and, and I'm talking big picture. I'm not asking you to right. tell me what the scripts are, but right. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've automated um, some chocolatey installs and updates beyond what the um, the built-in software management piece does. Well, we luckily, <laughs> right. Uh, so, yes, uh, obviously, all of the partner software that we use is installed and orchestrated through Synchro. Ironically, the Synchro agents installed via Endpoint Manager, which used to be Intune, right? So. There's some stuff we could talk about more when we get into the story of, you know, RMMs and, and where the future lies. But, um, yeah, uh, ultimately, the uh, uh, so I've standardized very, very heavily, right? Like, mm -hmm. so all of our customer environment, and so, and, and that I think that is absolutely key, right? Yeah. So... We've, we chose Fortinet as our hardware partner. Every customer has Fortinet Firewall, has Fortinet Switch, and at minimum, one Fortinet AP. A lot of them have, depending on the size of the, the location, they have multiple APs. The only thing that differs is the model of the FortiGate, right? Like they might have, uh, the, the default that we go with is a 60, uh, was the E, now it's the F. It was a B, then it was a D, then it was, you know, so that's how long we've been a Fortinet partner. And so that's, that's essentially, because of the standardization, there's not a lot of deviance uh, uh, you know, things don't deviate much in there. Uh, each, each obviously individual customer most likely has some kind of line of business application, right? And so, um, customers, the value proposition of, of the, the messaging that, that I've used up to this point is we're the cloud technology partner that's going to help you take advantage of all of that goodness, right? And so, customers actually come to us to migrate, like it used to be migrations, right? Now it's management and acceleration, but it was to get rid of servers, right? So it's funny because 
you know, we talked about vendors a little bit and we'll talk about them more, but it, it was a year or so ago. Um, I, I can't even remember which product it was that came and they're like, Hey, you know, we got this awesome backup solution. And I was like, well, I don't have any servers. Like we literally don't have any servers. There are no, my customers have no servers. They're all, if they do have, it's a virtual machine in Azure mm -hmm. and, um, uh, but on premise, like, so there's a lot of the crap, the BS that, that I've specifically standardized out of the equation so that it, it was, the scalability was there for me. Hmm. So that's, that's awesome. Um, so let's talk about some of the other things that you might be like automating through Synchro because, I mean, I, I feel like we've still only, you know, just kind of scratched the surface, right? We have. So I, I, I assume you've got some things that are like automated remediation. Yep. Yeah, so, you know, the, the small stuff, right? Like disk space is low. It runs, I forget the app, you know, right? There's an app that runs. It deletes temp files and a bunch of things, opens a ticket, puts some notes in the asset, closes the ticket, logs some time, right? So that when I run that report every month, the show, yeah. When I, when you run that report every month, that shows your client what you're doing. You got you got a bunch of extra time. You're like, how, how did you how did you do 800 hours? Like, it's not that crazy, but. <laughs> right. That's impressive. And. And then we we recently added uh, another product, um, Auto Elevate, and I guess we can go through the product list if you want at some point, and then we can talk specifically. But uh, Auto Elevate's a new one too, right? And so one of the like I try to look at this. So I'm huge on customer service. There's I have a book. Um, you're gonna see a pattern here. There's a lot of I'm gonna mention books a lot because I do a lot of reading. But Satisfaction. Hopefully that's not backwards and, and upside down. This is actually an old book. It was written I think in 2006. Uh, it's by one of the JD Powers sons. Um, the fourth, I think, but it's, a, it's a, basically the gist is you have two types of customers, right? You have uh, advocates and assassins and you have to work extremely hard to keep your advocates, but you screw one little thing up and you create an assassin immediately. And obviously you know what those two types of people can do. But so for me, I try to look at it always from the customer standpoint, right? What is my customer's experience like? And one of the challenges that I know that we've had in the last, specifically the last year with people not in the office is admin rights on the computer, right? We had we had one customer where I just couldn't sleep at night because their crappy line of business software required the user to run as an admin, right? And and mm -hmm. so I looked for a number of solutions for a number of years to figure out how can I isolate that application that's running as admin and not give the employee that's access to the computer the admin. And um, we came like we came across Auto Elevate and it was like the answer to all my prayers. But Auto Elevate, if you're not familiar with it, allows you to create rules. It's based on the hash. Um, and some additional variables of the application that's running. And if it needs admin permissions, the application, the auto elevate agent essentially pops it up, gives it an admin password, and then recycles the admin password account so that there's no stored admin credentials on the computer. That is and, cool. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. That. Right. And if if you run, if the if the end user wants to install something, say a print driver that needs elevation, the traditionally for my customers, they had to open a ticket, right? And if I'm out in the field dealing with someone else's whatever, that's a horrible user experience because they might not get an answer for four or six hours, right? That wasn't a critical thing. There was no big SLA on that. And so for me with Auto Elevate, now I gotta I can auto I can anywhere, right? Drive through getting food and I get the request on my phone and I can auto auto approve that. But essentially, you know, you run it sort of in in um, uh, like an audit mode and you you create rules that you feel are important. And then the other stuff, you're like, we'll deal with those on the fly. But now there's, th between that product and its integration with Synchro, 
a ticket is opened, the the checks that it does to verify the app, it puts in a note. I approve it. It puts in a note it was approved. It sends a message to the customer. The auto elevate gives them a prompt on the computer and it, the ticket's closed and time is added. So like that function now, I mean, in the last month we've been using it, it's already saved me hours, right? Because, and it's given my customers that better experience. So that's an example of, of an automation that's in conjunction with Synchro um, that I think has been very, and that's the type of thing I look for, like, right? Good. Uh, anything I can do to, time's the most valuable component, right? It's the only thing that's finite. Work will grow to fill up whatever time we give it. So um, how, how do you go about building an automation? Is it typically, because uh, I, I think the one thing that, that a lot of MSPs or, or IT guys that are trying to be MSPs, I think the one thing that they assume is, you know, they just need to get all the same scripts that the other guys have. And, it, right. and I mean, there's sure there's there's some scripts that we could all be sharing, like the the disk cleanups and the uh, the print spooler restarts and that kind of stuff. But I mean, I'm I'm probably going to be getting um, different tickets over and over and over than what you are getting because I've got different customers. Um, so, you know, my my customers and, the, and those tickets could be they keep creating them, uh, the users are creating them over and over, or it could be things that my, my RMM tool are creating over and over because there's an issue that continues to pop up. So I, I think that the best approach when it comes to remediating things automatically is that you should be looking through your ticket history and finding the tickets that keep popping up over and over and over. And that's why, you know, some of these, um, r remind me, guys, uh, you know, like with um, Autotask and ConnectWise, you know, they've got like the multiple levels of uh, what kind of problem is it? Is it a computer? Is it the software in the computer? What soft, you know, like they've got the multiple levels. I don't think you have multiple levels on Synchro, right? Yeah, you have multiple categories, I think. Are they called categories, Crystal? Well, you've got your ticket issue types, and then you have issue types. That's what it was, yeah. And then you and have you, field types. Yep. So you right, can. And you also got the statuses. Yeah, we've yeah. got fifteen statuses, but it's so the, the ticket. You know, because I fell into status, that trap, right? Like, but you get two like, by default. But then there's like you know, so I think with like auto test, they call it like uh, ticket category. So is this software, server, desktop, etc. Right. Right. And then they've got. Uh, ticket type and ticket subtype. So if you're if you were to look at like the ITIL, then you know it's you know move add change and then what type and, and so on and so forth. So because um, built in they've only got like the the first level, the appropriate thing to do would either be to utilize uh, uh, user defined fields, custom fields to create those additional dropdowns or to just simply have like the single row and it, you know, you might have 5 million ticket categories right. now, but you know, now you've got move, uh, carrot, right. computer, carrot, new desk, or, you know, whatever. And then you got all these right. different types. And I guess my point was that is why it's so critical for people to use these ticket categories. And then, if, you know, to even dive deeper and, and to, try and get as granular as you can when it comes to categorizing your tickets 
because mm. that's going to make it easier for you to search synchro when you're like, what should I be automating? That's my only right. reason is because it's going to make it easier to search. When you're like, I, I I'm going to no disagree with you a little bit. <laughs> okay. Right. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. Um, first of all, I, I've worked in various, like I said, right, I worked for a car dealership. Um, I actually, Way before that, in my early years, I worked in a call center. Uh, it was a third-party call center that did tech support for Microsoft. So there's a few Microsoft products I did support on. And I'll tell you right now, and, and Microsoft had a, a, you know, a bazillion-dollar knowledge-based customer support system, right, with the categories and the blah diddy blah And I know firsthand, and everyone watching is, is you know, what you say is like sort of like somewhere there are textbooks where that kind of thing is written, right? Like subcategories, categories, blah, blah, blah. But show me a technician that during the operation of their work does any of that crap, right? And <laughs> it's actually a hint, like this is the, this is the, like, this is the quintessential CRM problem. The CRM is amazing if you fill out all the data. But the problem is in the heat of the moment, no one puts the data in, right? So Synchro gives you two default categories. It's like maintenance and service or support. And quite frankly, I think we did the better part of a year before I added another category. <laughs> and because literally those are the two things I do, right? Like, is this maintenance, which helped me like essentially qualify like for more updates to the firewall or, or whatever, stuff that was pre-scheduled? Or is it service? And to be honest with you, like 99% of what I do is service. As far as, like, so would it be awesome if there was the opportunity to have subcategories? Sure. Mm -hmm. But truth be told, at the end of the day, if I really want to analyze that data, I'm going to pull out the tickets through the API. And all I need is the category and the notes. And if there's decent notes, I'm going to use AI, and I'm going to reason over those notes with cognitive services, and it's going to use... Uh, inference to figure out what what the problem was right okay, so you just like if you're brain hurt. <laughs> right, so let's let's back the truck up for a second here all right so you're using the api and ai i haven't done FBI this this is what i would do CIA. though if i really care <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so i think the notes are super important right and that's 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 something that was always drilled into me as a technician working in larger organizations. You got to have these great notes uh, because when I worked in a car dealership, it was because the, the notes back up the warranty claim, right? Like if your notes are wrong, the dealership won't get paid for the warranty and you're going to get in a lot of trouble. And as a technician working in a call center, your notes are going to be read by someone else next time. So if you don't have decent notes, you're going to have a coworker that's going to slap you in the back of the head because they got a call and they couldn't figure out what's going on. So I think I, that's the message I'm going to give my technician when he starts on Monday is like the notes are the most important thing. But at the end of the day, all of the rest is sort of kind of this minutia that you can get lost in. And I think it's important that the tool has to get out of the way. And I, I feel, and maybe I'm way the hell out in left field, but there are other resources that we could use to analyze that data. I do have sort of a, like, this is a complaint that I have about Synchro, is that um, I, I would like more, like, so we originally signed up for the premium package that included, was it Domo? Or the, there's some... Um, analytics package. Yeah, yeah. it's Domo. And, and yeah, 
<laughs> so, I, I, and I think, I don't know if it's Crystal you or just someone in support I had an email exchange with at one point, middle of the year, and was like, like, is, is that really, like, can I just not have that? And, like, do I lose anything if I don't have that? I wish, personally, I really wish they would go the Power BI route, but, you know, I, I heard them say on their thing that they're not considering it. But they do have the API, and you can get some stuff like right now there's a um another integration we use scale pad which used to be warranty master right and warranty master just uh, you know they uh now have a, a software inventory so you do the hardware assets now you can do software lifecycle and that kind of stuff but all of the integrations they have synchro is the only one that doesn't do software because the synchro api doesn't expose the installed software on the endpoint so hopefully they'll change that at some point but like that's that's kind of an example right so I don't expect there's just uh, I, we we picked synchro because it had it had the the strongest story when it came to the agent itself right the automation the 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 quality the of the agent the ease of the install um, and the one thing that I had we came from SolarWinds prior and evaluated every product on Earth I even did an evaluation of um, uh, I can't remember the name now. <laughs> uh, we looked at them. We looked at everything. A Terra, blah blah. I I I have like on an annual basis up to the up to the prior to using Synchro, I had at least once or twice a year a Jerry Maguire moment, and <laughs> I would I, I no joke I would call. I have friends that you know run companies in other parts of the country. A good friend of mine um, in Tennessee, Stephen Bradley, has a company called PCMI Technologies. We were on a board many, many years ago for a, a company called OnForce. I don't know if any of you remember that. That got it eventually got acquired by ServiceNow. But it was an on-site network where you could get plugged in, right? It's similar to Work Market, where there's it's, it's the Trunk Slammer's dream, right? Like, oh, your work orders just show up and you go do work and you get paid. And um, he used LabTech at the time. I used, I, I mean, I started when I started out, right, there was two choices. Silverback was one of them and it cost hundred grand, right? Dell eventually acquired them and now it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. and, and then Enable was an option and they were out of Canada. And like back then you had to install software, you had to have a server, right? So I've been around the block. Uh, I'm going to start singing. Um, I knew, you know, early on met people from Kaseya. You know, they tried to get us in to do a deal with them, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, and um, ConnectWise was awesome at, at one point. And then now it's all like, and most of it's, all the same stuff with different names. And um, so I did my Jerry Maguire moment. I would, uh, to, to one point, literally sort of wrote my, the things we, you know, need to talk about, but we don't in technology. Didn't publish it publicly, but I'd call up my friend Steven in Tennessee and I'd say, Steven, I can't take it anymore. My software is holding me back. Life sucks. There's got, there's got to be a better way, right? And then I would be like, I would Google, you know, RMM, blah, 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 or, you know, remote management, blah, blah, blah. And every once in a while, a new thing would pop up. And I'd be like, oh, who, who built this? What is this? And it's like, oh, this is Ninja. And if you and then you go, okay, well, where did it come from? Oh, these are the guys that wrote um, you know, whatever it was. They, yeah, they got acquired by Dell, right? Yeah. And it's it's funny. Um, and I would evaluate it and I'd be like, oh, this is crap. You know, like when they first started, they came out of the gates and I, I had high, high hopes. And um, I evaluated it and I was like, I, can't, I just can't even do updates. Like, this is horrible. So I was like, nah, next. And so uh, we ended up 
at Solar Winds via multiple acquisitions, right? It was post Hound Dog, Logic Monitor, so G- no. GFI Max, GFI Max, and then Logic so it was Now, Hound Dog, and then it was GFI Max, and then it was right. uh, Logic Now, and yep. and now and then it's and now it's uh, Hound Max GFI Logic Dog. Exactly. <laughs> So the, the six-headed beast, we 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 came to them, uh, but between the like right at the end of the GFI and and the the and so it was a couple years that we were with them, and you know in the beginning they had a cool story right it was like hey you know we're, uh, you know again right it was organic, and then it was um, we're not going to charge you more than a dollar an endpoint we got this capped pricing so install all the stuff, you know and then all of a sudden now you know solar wind. Well, and I got super excited when SolarWinds acquired them because the original SolarWinds was a fantastic company. They had an exceptional company culture. They were software developers. They were like, they could do anything. They had products that did anything. And I, I don't know at what point that all went to hell, but they ate these larger companies that then ate them. And um, And obviously the Orion thing is like, you know, the outcome of what happens when no one's paying attention. And, um, but yeah, that's what happened, right? They're like, oh, we have this new pricing model. We're going to grandfather you in for now. And then six months later, it was like, yeah, that pricing model, it's coming. And so suddenly it was like, you know, oh, wait, so you got to pay, pay 50 four bucks. times more for not right. four times more anything? You got to pay $50 just to be our customer. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank you. Yeah, that's, yeah. So remember when they added that platform fee? Yes. Like, I mean, based on the number of customers they had, I think they were going to make an extra $12 million a year just thanks to the platform fee. And and with that, we got nothing, was my right. no opinion. Value. Like, we got no nothing value. for it. Um, right. And then, you know, SolarWinds, I think they did the platform fee as Logic Now, and then SolarWinds acquired them. And then... I'm sure they did the... I'm, you know, it's the Costco business model, which for Costco works great, right? The membership fee, mm-hmm. but when it's, you know, and cause there's a bunch of value that comes with that, right? You get things, yeah, extra warranties and service and yeah, better return get things. things with, with right. the solar wind. I imagine they did that. Like if I had to like go back into my not crystal ball and sort of figure out why they made those moves, that was, that's a CFO BS money thing so they can make well, themselves was, look better acquisition i was i was right? gonna say, that was that was 100 purely acquisition driven right. they wanted right. acquired they wanted yep. a bigger check yep um, um and that's so and that's then the kind of stuff. i, I gotta, think we were i gotta say real, real quick i'm sorry i um that's the kind of stuff that people worry about with with synchro um not that we've seen it but we worry that it's coming okay so you know, we, we all worry that, like, it feels like you're the only company left that doesn't have all this PE money invested into it. And, you know, when's the shoe going to drop? And I... I, I can name say- three. <laughs> I There's three. So, I can... T- let's, let's do this real quick, because this will lead into what I want to talk about better if we go through this. Let me tell you the companies we work with, right? This is, like, I'm going to give out the recipe, but no one's going to... Like, I'm not worried about it, because, like... Everyone can go and buy the cheesy biscuit box of cheesy biscuits at Costco or the cheesy biscuit recipe is out there from Red Lobster, right? But like anyone can make the cheesy biscuits, but they don't taste, they're, they're not done the same way. And like they're, cheesy biscuits at home are not the cheesy biscuits at Red Lobster. So 
we so not in a specific order here because I I realized after the fact I should have done this in order of like fa most favorite to least favorite. But obviously our biggest partner is Microsoft. We're huge. Everything's 100% tied to Microsoft. So M365 Azure, we use Dynamics. I use Dynamics internally. Uh, Roar is uh, LionGuard is and um, they're definitely on the top of the list of friends. Uh, DNS filter, uh, and then Sentinel One, uh, and then Huntress. Uh, and then, of course, I mentioned ScalePad before, and then we use Keeper as a password manager. And then we're with Datto, unfortunately, but that's because of the Backupify acquisition. We use that for the Office 365 backup. And then, like I mentioned, Auto Elevate is the newest product. And that's sort of the list of, of, of vendors that make specific products that get sort of get installed or, or activate the service. There's the distributor list, which is, and then there's sort of what I consider the tools. Like, I don't, so that's the list of, like, customer-facing things that do customer stuff. We use Logic Monitor, Synchro, Zomentum now, and then Zero for accounting. Those are sort of like the operational tools. Um, and the so reason I wanted to give, put this list quoting, out there... Right? Pardon me, I'm sorry. Zomentum yes, quoting. quoting. Okay. Yeah, you know, we, we used another product, and I feel really guilty about this. We used another product called Quotient, which is not an, like it's not an MSP. It's not a tech related. Like they're not focused on tech. They're just a generic quoting tool. It's web based, software as a service. I've been with them since I started the first company. They're awesome. It makes beautiful quotes. It has the whole you know verifiable e-signature stuff. And it, and what was so awesome about it is it dumps it right into zero. And then at zero, it's an invoice. And then like two clicks, it's out. It gets paid. Like it, it's just a beautiful workflow. The problem is they don't integrate. Like there's no integration to the the great yonder and so every time fortinet upgrades from the c model to the d model to the e model i got to go in and add a bunch of manual entries to like and so i got i got sick of that and uh i did a we just in spirit of full disclosure we just switched to zoomentum um zoomentum not zoomentum zoomentum um like november and um the like and i'm sort of like eh because something else we'll get into. But the reason I wanted to give out that list is there's three companies I can think of off the top of my head on that list, including Synchro, that are not essentially owned, um, you know, uh, by private equity. And Roar and, and, uh, um, and Huntress, right? And, and um, Synchro. Logic Monitor has money from someone, but I don't think, again, I don't think they're, I still think they're independent. But like, so those four, and ironically, or not ironically, <laughs> um, those companies are the best ones, right? They have the most amazing company culture. They are the most responsive. I feel like they they truly believe in us as partners, you know? And that's part of the reason that, again, I, I feel like I'm maybe beating on a, a synchro drum, right? But that, that was one of the reasons why we picked synchro as a product is it was, okay. you know, I think people are apprehensive, and this is this is direct feedback for Crystal, and I've, I've told her this before, but I think I was super apprehensive a year ago this time, uh, a year ago, maybe November, is when I was, uh, I, I went through, I did it, right? I was like, I have my fish, my goldfish in the bag. I was like, I'm leaving here. Who's coming with me? And I was like, you know, F the MSP industry. We all suck. And I was Googling, and that's when I came across Synchro. And of course, like a good you know, business person, I wanted to know who is Synchro. And I get on li LinkedIn and I'm like, Synchro. And it was like goose egg, crystal company, <laughs> right? And I was like, and then somewhere on the internet, I found Ian. 
And I was like, I think this guy's in marketing. But then I looked him up on LinkedIn and it was repair shop or, or repair something or other, right? Yeah, he was repair and then I rem- tools or whatever. Right. He, he did and then Kabuto re- and then that other thing. Right. There was all this stuff that I'd never heard of that was just it's, non-existent. It's, it it's felt like a house. by trunk slammers. No. Right. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, right? I heard, you know, I heard that if you owned a shop, like I'm thinking back to like, you know, computer go round or something like that. If you owned a shop, you used repair tech or whatever it was like that was it, it, from what I understand, like the research I did is it, it was the awesome thing. And then they're like, and that's, and I see that in there, right? Cause you can, you can print a barcode. I'm like, why do I need a barcode for my customer file? And I'm yeah. like, hmm, maybe I'll put barcodes on files and put them in the <laughs> filing cabinet, you know, but in the intake form with the signature, I'm like, oh, that's cute. You know, that's, that's neat that it can do that, but I don't need it. Um, but yeah, I was really apprehensive. Um, Crystal sold it obviously. And Crystal gets on a call with anybody. She sells it. Um, MVP for sure over there. And um, she's great at selling stuff, I, man. <laughs> right. I only now, after like a year, know a little bit of the backstory of the product and the people that created it. And to be completely honest, it scares the shit out of me a little bit because. Um, what does? Synchro? Uh, uh, yeah. It, um, so there's two gentlemen. Who, uh, Chris, you're going to have to help me because I'm horrible with names and I apologize. But there's two gentlemen. Andy, right? Is Andy the guy that does the videos? Yep. Andy. And then Troy was was the one. Is that he was- the CTO the, or the pro- director of product? He is co-founder and CTO. Right. And this is, like, and no offense to this guy at all. Like, I'm sure he's an amazing person. I've seen 15 minutes of him on a Zoom. But he, I had, a, I had some friends that did this. Like, I've been in and out of the startup community. I know how this goes, right? Um, I had a friend, uh, her and her husband started a business a decade ago or so. And they were like, yeah, we wanted to do this thing and no one else was doing it. And, but I didn't know how to find someone to do it for me. So I, I went on YouTube and I learned how to program. And like, that's a fun story when a business is starting, but that scares the shit out of someone like me when the chief technology officer is a guy that taught himself how to program, right? Like, I mean, we all, we all have an origin story that's similar to that, but what I'm getting at is the Orion thing, right? Like this, this is the part that really, really scares me about small companies growing big. And I'm certain Synchro is growing quite well is I just were like, I, so I've poked around, like I said, we use the API. I just wrote an integration, oh, contact management. I'm so I'm going down the path. Contact management in Synchro sucks. <laughs> I even just like, I put in a feature request. And I'm like, can we just normalize the phone numbers? Can I type in a phone number and you put the parentheses and the dashes in the user interface? Like, I don't care. Like I want it to just normalize the data, but for us, the customer, and, and I rely heavily on the customer, the contact being in synchro again, because I do so much automations and stuff, right? So if a ticket comes in and it doesn't, the contact's not there, if I have a company that did some turnover and I didn't update it, then it gets assigned to the default contact, right? And then suddenly we're replying to someone that doesn't, it's not their ticket. So I was like, I need to solve this problem. And uh, all of our customers, the single source of truth for customer information is Microsoft, right? Because they all have Azure AD and they all have Microsoft 365 accounts. So I just wrote a bunch of Azure functions that go in and they take our uh, distributor for the Microsoft licensing. They pull in companies. They take the Microsoft 365 then and pull in the user accounts. And then they merge that and they pull out of Synchro, update the records, then push them back to Synchro, excuse me. And then, but we built that integration um, because I needed all the customers in Synchro. Um, but so 
using the API gave me the opportunity. Like, I'm like, I want to, I wonder what they're doing. Right. So I started poking around in, in, into the system a little bit and you, you know, you read some headers, you read some, you know, some responses and you start to, you know, look at some stuff. And, and I was, I was happy with what I found. There is, there appears to be a layer of security on the API. Uh, they use some third party products uh, that are very well known and very respected um, for API security. So that makes me feel good. Um, you know, but just in the, a couple of days ago or yesterday, uh, there's now a really weird thing that came up in the forum on, I spend like one hour every quarter on Facebook. And that's why most of the people, if, if synchro, if huge synchro fans from Facebook watch this, they're not going to be like, who's hysteric guy. But um, I spend no time in Facebook because um, quite honestly, I think I should spend all that time on the business. So no offense to the Facebook people, but um, there's this weird tool in synchro that's designed for i believe and i don't know if you know about it crystal but it's sort of a self-service thing where apparently customers at one point could sort of sign up for your packages and so there's a url that you go to and i'm not going to mention it because i think it's a security situation i think it's a data leak but i and i did this like so this new customer i mentioned that we're signing up in december here it was the first time i this is how i know synchro's getting traction because it's the first time i took a customer from another msp and I had to uninstall their agent, and it was Synchro. I was like, oh, this is awkward, because <laughs> I didn't recognize it. The installer gave us a bunch of errors, and so we're troubleshooting. Why is the installer throwing errors? And then it turns out that it's because the agent was there was an agent already installed. I wish there was a better way to do a takeover, but I had to call up, you know, I had to, like, get my customer. You know, and this is the thing, right? you got a good relationship with the customer. This doesn't matter. But you call up, and you say, hey, I'm here with so-and-so. And we need the uninstall code for your for your software. Um, and they didn't ask. And uh, unfortunately, they didn't ask a lot of questions. And I also felt that like I, I used that as a teaching moment for my customer. I'm like, look, I could be anybody. They just gave me the code to uninstall the software on your computers, and I could be a hacker. You know, like so. This is a good reason you're switching to us. But anyway, you know, once the software uh, was uninstalled, uh, but it, this this URL it shows you the list of all of your policies. And so one thing that you have to do in Synchro, right, another feature request everyone wants, and I, I believe they said is coming, is like sort of inheritance in policies, nested policies or whatever. And so the way it is for us is we have like 15 policies, right? 10 fully managed customers, and every customer has at least one policy just for them. Because even though 80% of the environment's the same, there's things that have to be different. And so we use, obviously, you know, security through obscurity. We use, you know three letter acronyms uh for each of our customers so when you see when you see my list it, it's not obviously who it is but of course i went in and turned off all those things but i i did that for my competition i knew their name and so yesterday i put in their url and i saw their policies and i'm like ah, ha, ha, i know who your customers are so um I anyway i'm dying to know this this url though uh, it's on the Facebook. There's a ch it's a super thread on Facebook, so I won't say it out loud because, like I said, I, I consider it a, a data a data leak situation. They the uh, powers that be said they're addressing it. I, I hope sooner than later. Um, I, I can... I'm just curious because I I I look at things <clears throat> through um, through the eyes of a child, you know. <laughs> I, so I'm like, ooh, cool. Like, I want to look at my own stuff. I don't care about the other people's stuff. Like, then you're like, then you said, then you said, oh, yeah, I looked at my, my competitor and I, I know all their customers. Like, oh, yeah, that's why that's bad. So, um, right. 
No, no. Okay, so I've got to ask. Uh, did you take screenshots? I wrote some stuff down. Um, not gonna lie, I don't consider it espionage or anything because I'm not gonna. I'm, you know, if anything, I'm gonna go tell them. We're, I'm in a small enough community where I know pretty much all of the other. You know, co we have a lot of coopetition, right? Yeah. They're competitors, but There's we also like collaborate on certain things, right? Uh, but just for giggles, I wanted to see how far and how wide I could go. I stopped short of sending like a rainbow uh, list of, of company names to the thing and seeing what I could pull off. But what I did is I went down the Facebook thread and I hovered over Facebook members' names and it would say so-and-so CTO at blah, blah, blah. And the default, when you sign up for a Synchro account, the default is like blah, blah, right? It's two. Like, so my company is Ignite Solutions Group. It gave me Ignite Solutions. And so what I discovered is like, when you go, if you, if a company's like such and such tech repair, you put in such and such and you get their list. So out of like eight people on Facebook, I pulled up like six of them that I could, could I could figure out in, in a couple of minutes. So, and again, I see it's their policies and, and for, it's, everyone has a test. <laughs> everyone has a no management. <laughs> so there's some interesting things I gleaned from that, but um, that's, you know, it's in this day and age, that's dangerous. So. Um, yeah, but anyway, I, they're addressing it. I don't want to. So, so I want to take a minute here because I see, you know, we've we've got some comments. Uh, Riku Chaco says Synchro is a very nice RMM tool. Richard Macius, uh, he joined Synchro four months ago. It's freaking great. Uh, <laughs> I'll even add that so you guys can see that right there on the screen. It's freaking great. Don't worry, <laughs> I didn't have to put any asterisks. It is actually the word freaking. Uh, the only thing that he wishes is that they had a way to run an installer or uninstaller without scripting. Um, mm. So yeah. I'll, I'll say it would that, be nice to go in that software list and say uninstall, right? Like, yeah, that, that would be really nice. And obviously, you know, for the ones that are that are using, uh, you know, the the standard install tools, you know, that would be easy, easy for a Synchro to to do. Um, when it comes to, uh, all right, well, we know, we know the, the uninstall script is always going to be this and then whatever the, the hash code is regarding the software and then dash U dash S for silent dash F for force, all, all that stuff. Right. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it would be easy for Synchro to be able to do that kind of stuff. The, the problem is not every software uses one of those those major software right. compilers because those things you know can get expensive depending on how many installations they plan on having and then the other thing is you know who's at fault if it doesn't work you know like right. is it synchro's fault if the uninstaller is throwing up error messages or is it the company that made the software's fault and they right. screwed up something when uh when building out that script so the script doesn't actually function in the command line it only uninstalls from the the apps panel and settings or is it right. the actual software compiler issue to where maybe they're using a an older version or outdated version and this command doesn't actually work like there's so many variables so i understand why synchro hasn't done this right uh, but they still should <laughs> no, I, I disagree, and I want to defend them. Like I want to take up, I want to take up arms for synchro on this because it, it, it it's easy. It's so 
don't even know what the right word is, but to say it's easy is like, oh, they should just do this thing because, you know, it's a button on the interface. Hey, man, you <laughs> saw I did air quotes. <laughs> no, I, I know you did. I know, I know. But I, I just need to call out that I, like, given I'm a, I'm, my background is originally in software development, right? Like, yeah. I understand that there's a couple of different ways to install software, but, like, no one follows the standardization rules, right? And then on top of that, you end up with a situation that we had when we were taking over this customer. They, you know, whore, sad little customer, thank you for coming to be our client, but they went and bought a bunch of computers at Office Depot. Office Depot installs what I consider malware, which is, like, some remote, you know, I had to Google it to figure out what it was, and it turns out it's their remote agent yeah. crap. And it's so horrible. I tried everything I know as a software developer, short of, like, writing a script to just rip that stuff out of the registry. The only way to uninstall that software is to right-click on the tray agent and choose uninstall and click OK. That is, there is no silent switch. There is no entry and add remove programs. There is nothing. And so they're not the only ones that do crap like that. And so to put the onus on the RMM to be able to do that, yeah, it would be a bonus feature, but I just know the amount of cat wrangling it would take to do that. And to me, the, the, there's so much more flexibility in allowing us to do that through scripting that I think, you know, why, why? Yeah. And I think like, if I, if you don't mind, if I kind of just hop in here just for a second here, no, Kristen, I think that it's, no. I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk, dang it. Okay, so there there are a few things um, that I kind of want to address just in regards to what has been talked about the last um, few minutes here. So, A, the uninstall thing, yeah, I, I think both of you kind of see the insights and the writing on the wall there that um, it's not something that we hear and we're just like, no, we don't see the value in that, we're not going to do it. But with everything that we release, we really – you know, if you go to most other RMMs and you talk to MSPs, they're like, yeah, it works maybe 50% of the time. And 50% of the time is like a good number. And so like for us, it's like, hey, we would much rather spend our time working on something that is solid and reliable and that kind of thing. And this is one of those things that is just not that way. Um, and then I, I kind of I want to just address kind of what what Derek was mentioning almost being fearful of, you know, the, the fireside chat and, you know, the, the transparency there. And I think that what's really unique about Synchro and a company as a whole, you know, the reason that you know more details about Troy, which is our co-founder and CTO, is is because we are so honest and transparent. That's who we are as a company. Like, he, like he's going to sit in front of our community and answer questions and be him and be human. And, and that's really like what it's all about. And, you know, everyone that knows Synchro also knows Ian. And, you know, I've been, I've now been with the company since before Synchro launched. And like, I'll tell you just a little bit about, you know, my experience, my first call with Ian, I mean, it was, I was talking to a person. I was incredibly intimidated. I was switching industries into the technology world and I was crazy intimidated. I was like very worried about it. And one thing that immediately, like I just knew right away was our culture was we are people first and we build that way. We we have employees that are growing and we, you know, build up this this community internally as, as just as much as we do externally. So 
um, I think it's really important just to say that, you know, I, I know I understand like where you're coming, where you're coming from and those concerns. But I think like the, the amazing part about that is that, you know, who you literally know who our co-founder is and our CTO, because he sat right in front of you. And I, you're not going to find that other places. You're not going to find that in for solar winds connect. Why you're not, you know, you're just not going to get that type of relationship. And so I think that that that's pretty incredible. So I just so, wanted to say that. <laughs> so Crystal, I just I just want to say, you know, this is the first time you've you've uh, spoken for so long today. Jeez, Derek. Um, so I, I was able to I was able to put the focus on you. And can we just talk about your office for a minute? Because because I just want to remind everyone that Synchro is a a remote company it's not we're working from home because there's a pandemic it's we've always worked from home or you know whatever you guys want to do as employees to have an office so so look at this this is i assume in crystal's home and she's got you know like the synchro logo on the wall she's got oh, yeah. everything is in the synchro colors or shades of the synchro colors like she did a phenomenal job putting this office together and, and I got to say, that that really actually, to me, shows her dedication to Synchro. Because the fact that that an employee of a company um, has, has decided to decorate an entire, like, a, a chunk of their home. A ch- you know, their, their actual house. And I'm sure, you know, I'm going to assume that you did this all from your own personal funds. I'm sure they don't give you like an office budget, you know. Uh, this right. this isn't like uh, the big fancy law firms. So, um, I mean, she's she's actually gone out of her way to like make a really cool, um, y- you know, little paradise for her to work and and feel like like she's working for Synchro even though she's at home, you know? So I, I will say uh, awesome job. Kudos to you for that. Um, it looks amazing. Um, Thanks. And, and Derek, you were supposed to say something nice to her now too. <laughs> and go. I, I, I'm sorry. I was, I know that was so rude. Uh, yes. No, I've said the same thing. Cause I've, I've, uh, I've seen uh, Crystal recently uh, and, and I've, Love the background. Sorry, I was getting caught up on the text and the Twitter and drinking some water as I'm mute. So it's okay. It's um, okay. So uh, uh, I, are... I, you know, I want to just say something real quick too because I realized letting Crystal talk, which we should do obviously more often, yes. gave me an opportunity to reflect on that comment. And and I do have a tendency to make hyperbolic statements, and then we'll eventually qualify them. And I don't want that to be like, I realized that that sort of almost came off as like a negative personal attack. And that's definitely what it wasn't. What what I meant was by all of that is that I want a, a little bit more legitimate company behavior from Synchro. Like I want them to have a LinkedIn page. I want to have them like show us their board of directors. I want to like, I, oh, see, I, I want them to publish. talking about when you were beating up on Richard for wanting a button to uninstall software. That one still stands. Oh no, I'm, I'll, I, that stands. <laughs> Sorry, Richard. No, I, I wish one of my biggest feedback items for Synchro is I want them to have a customer advisory panel, right? And 
and and for those for the very specific reason of if you're taking all of your feedback from Facebook, you're taking feedback from the people who really aren't using your product. Because if they spend more than an hour a day on Facebook, they're not spending their time on their business. And that's flat out going to stand. And so those of us who are out there working hard and uh, don't have the time to be in Facebook or, or choose not to do it, there's no real option for a feedback form, right? There is the ability to send feature requests through tech support, which I do frequently. But now, because again, of, of the last, there's two things I saw in this last month. Um, Steve, when you invited me to this podcast the first time, I went back through and watched a few of your previous episodes. And there was an episode with Ian recently, I guess in the last couple of months. And you mentioned a feature that I have been like begging for since almost day one. And he said he'd never seen requests for it. And that made me be like, uh-oh, what happened to all the requests that I've been sending in? So mm. there's there's this sort of disconnect a little bit between where the information, obviously they love Facebook, right? Which it is what it is. But um I would really love to see, maybe it's like, go make a GitHub repo. It's free. You can do it now. Let us all post feature requests as issues and count the thumbs. Like, let's do that. You know, like make it a little bit easier to get to um, and like make it a little bit more transparent. I know that for whatever reason, you guys are adamant against a public roadmap. Like get over that. We need a freaking roadmap, right? Like we have to grow our business and we need to know what you're working on. If you put something on Q1 of 2021 and it doesn't happen, no one's going to sue you. Like, but it's, it's important to know what you guys are working on. Like that's, that's. Yeah, I, I will say, you know, with, with the number of features that you guys add, um, it, it can be difficult picking the ones that, you really want to f spend some time and, and focus and implement for your own MSP, you know, because obviously some of them you, you just don't need, you know, like, but, but when, when they're like, okay, well, we're going to start releasing the SNMP monitoring stuff, like, man, maybe that would have been, well, okay, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. So maybe that would have been good for us to know that a, a version's coming and then we're going to enhance it in December. And then we're going to do something else in March to enhance it more. And then, like, because a roadmap would at least give me the ability to know, okay, I get it. Like, it may change. But now I at least know what what you guys want to be coming down the pike. And, and now I don't have to go look for other software. Or maybe now is not the time to renew... Avic or whatever, you know, I, I'm just throwing ideas out there, right? Like maybe, yeah. maybe we wouldn't be spending money on other tools if we knew that maybe we're, maybe we're only four or five months away from X, Y, Z. Um, and, and again, I know that, I know that that timeline is completely flexible, but the other thing that would help us do is if I see, all right, these are the 75 things they're going to do in January. Cause let's be honest, it could be that number. You guys do so much. Um, yeah. You know, man, it would be cool for me to see the list so I could say, okay, this looks cool, this looks cool, and this looks cool, and that's all the bandwidth I have to improve my my synchro this month. Like, yes. and maybe I'll yeah. maybe I'll put these in my in my secondary list, but now I can at least plan. Oh, okay, well, they plan on releasing this in the middle of January, so February first, I'll put. Uh, synchro time and that's what I'll hopefully work on you know that I guess yeah. that's where I'm at it would be cool for me to see what's coming because then I would I would be able to 
better plan my my future around what synchro is going to do for me absolutely yeah i i i hear that while i can't promise a public roadmap what i can promise is a different forum other than facebook and that's that's coming here probably within like a month um so that's really exciting because we do want we do want our customers to um have another another area to go outside of facebook because we understand it's it's a it's hard to manage facebook um you'll see a post and then like the next day it's gone because it's up the feed. And um, so, yeah, we absolutely and, see the value. Facebook of moves things around so strangely too. Like yes. I'll get a notification <laughs> for a post. And then like when yeah. I click, like, cause, cause there are certain groups I want notifications from. Um, so I'll, I'll click on that notification for that post. And when I click on it, it does not take me to that post. It takes me to a different post. I don't want this post. I want the other post. So, so yeah, if, if you guys had your own forum system, like that would be, um, I think the technical, yep. technical term is more gooder. Um, yeah, it's, yes, it's definitely more gooder and it's coming soon, which is and, exciting. And Richard decided he wanted, uh, Oh, Chris says, I would love a voting system for feature requests. Um, Richard said, sorry, what I'm referring to are single installs and uninstalls from chocolatey. So he doesn't want to go to the list of apps. He wants to be able to go to an individual computer and not have to create a policy and apply a policy to a computer. He wants to go to an individual computer and see a list of 18,000 things that are in Chocolatey and click on the one he wants to install. Uh, so basically, Richard wants you to create a, uh, a Chocolatey agent. Uh, is what <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I think yeah. I do think that that um, there there are some good points. So so I do think it would be great for for me to. I've said this before. I think there should be a select all in the in the in the chocolate area. So that way, you know, if, if I want to literally have everything get upgraded, I just want to select all, man. Um, yeah. I also think that. Uh, it would be, I think there was something else I wish it could do. I, I do, I do wish it were a little easier for us to do an uninstall too. Like I wish there were a checkbox for, I don't want Adobe flash on this computer uninstall. Like, cause the, mm -hmm. I think as of tomorrow, it's, it's no longer, or tomorrow's the last day that Adobe even supports flash. So like we got to get we got to get rid of some of this stuff and and it would be nice for me to just boop checkbox remove yeah um but yep. but then can can chocolatey uninstall things that chocolatey didn't install like can chocolatey remove adobe flash if another msp installed it with nineite or if the the end user installed flash thanks to some third party nonsense they downloaded and installed that also installed flash and 18 other things it shouldn't have installed yeah i don't think it i don't think chocolatey can uninstall if they didn't install it right yeah yeah it, it, yeah, it depends on how it was installed originally so there's eight ways to install those products um <clears throat> which you know another thing that i think would be really fantastic because obviously this is a scripting thing right like the, the answer to that is this guy just wants some scripts that are in there and he can run on demand for any of his customers, right? Like that's that's simple. But what's not simple necessarily is, is always getting that, right? Like 
I would I would love to see some expansion on the script, um, the community. Like, obviously, this is coming, right? You're going to add a community repository for SNMP stuff, recipes mm -hmm. or whatever they call them. Yep. And I I would be willing. And this is the thing too, right? Like I. I beat my head up against the wall against um, McAfee uh, antivirus a couple of months ago. Oh, that's my favorite and now, by the way. <laughs> now I have a wonderful script to remove that and all of its associated BS. I haven't published it to the, the script repository only because I've been busy and, you know, but also the, the, the businessman in me is like, this is IP. And then the greedy person in me is like, I worked hard for this and I own it. And I could be incentivized to publish that if there was a, an opportunity to monetize it, right? Like if I got five bucks every time someone pulled it into their system you know, or something to that effect. That. Right, has, I would totally... Kaseya has I'd love to support you others. Scripts. You can write scripts for Kaseya and then you can upload them and then you can charge for them. I think I still have a, a Slack installer script that I, I haven't updated in like three years for Kaseya. And every now and then somebody buys it. I, I charge a whole dollar for it. <laughs> right. That would incentivize people that do main, you know, have scripts. I, I would love to also contribute back to the people if I was paying, you know, a dollar, five dollar, whatever. Because there's some that are really worth it. I mean, I pay 20 bucks for a script. I pay 100 bucks for a script if it saved me, you know, the, the requisite number of hours. But that's just another little. Yes. I, I like that idea. Uh, Crystal, could you... I know that's super easy to whip up. Just go ahead and script that for me real quick. Yeah, I'm just going to... Did you hear me typing? That's what I was doing. Yeah, I was just yeah. getting ready right now. You'll see it in about five minutes. No big mm -hmm. deal. Yeah. Just got to <laughs> button. Refresh. Um, <laughs> you mentioned so SNMP, and I would rem be remiss if I didn't comment. <laughs> oh, no. um, I'm torn. <laughs> I'm, I'm really, really torn because... A, I like the idea of SNMP being there. Yeah. But B, I hate the idea of it. It, you know, I, I think I pissed off. Um, uh, uh, was it Andrew again? I forget his name. I'm sorry. Andy. Um, I, 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 yeah, Andy. I made a comment uh, on the on the chat for the year end review thing that I was disappointed by all of the half baked products that get released. Right. And again, hyperbolic statement. Let me let me qualify that. Um, and I totally understand in software development, you have the MVP, you got the minimum viable thing, you put it out there, you see what people do with it, and then you iterate, right? And I'm, and I'm happy they do that to, to a point. But um, it was, you know, I spent a lot of time trying to use V1, and I got nowhere. And then quickly there was a V2 or 1.2 or 000.2. And again, I spent time trying to use it and realized that, like, it just... it. It was, it's just not there, right? And Andreessen was the, right, like, what was this in the 90s? Software's early 2000s, software's eating the world. Software ate the shit out of this world, and software has indigestion, right? There are so many products that do SNMP monitoring that Synchro is never gonna reach, right? And the idea that Synchro, to me, like, this is the slippery slope of, of product development, and you guys, growing your business, right? The, the core reason that we picked Synchro, like I said, is because the agent did some things 
to me, the core product is the agent, right? It's the monitoring. It's the information pulled back from the computer. It's the ability to push scripts and execute them on demand. It's the ability to process updates and have them actually work, right? Like th that's the key functionality of what Synchro is to me. And um, I don't, I don't want you to be more than a lot of those things. And I'm a person, whatever, but um, I, I just, I'm concerned that we got chat and chat, man, chat could be so much more. And there's honestly, I've seen two products in the last year that have chat down hard. It's awesome. And it integrates to all the RMMs, except you go to the list and like, oh, sorry, you're, you got synchro. So instead of, yeah, instead of, instead of building these all to yourself from, from the ground up, I just really wish you took on sort of the, the idea that we want to have more of an open platform and lean on integrations. Yeah, and I, I I definitely see that, and I mean we do have we do have a ton of integrations. I think that there are everything that we build, we look at it and we're like, okay, is this is this something that we should integrate? Is this something that we can build from the ground up and continue to rev on it? Because when you integrate with something, you're kind of limited on the functionality and what you can do um, on both the RMM and the PSA side. Because I think that with Synchro, you know, the power is the combined RMM and PSA. The power is the way that they talk to each other, the way that a script can access a, a custom field on a customer detail screen, for example. So the power lies there. So when when we think about building things like SNMP or chat and we do build those from the ground up, I think the main thought process is we are going to continue to add to these things and have it talk directly and natively within the platform. So of course, yes, that like the integrations with antivirus and Pax8 and things like that, that like they're, they're the integrations are, are pretty great and we're gonna continue to add on to those integrations and we're gonna continue to add integrations that people are requesting. Um, you'll see a lot of that, I think in Q1, um, but those things that we want natively built in for MSPs to not have to leave the platform and to be able to, you know, quickly create tickets from chats, for example, and now it's in the mobile app. Like, I think that there's things like that where, you know, our whole mindset is this is like a fully combined platform. And as much of the, th the stuff that we can build in it from the ground up with our own technology, that's kind of, where we're going with that. Of course, like I said, there are really cool integrations on the way. And even like I, I just found out different things like, you know, we've added to our API where, um, you know, there's different levels that you can access. We're looking into accessing the actual asset information, like you're saying, where the API restricts that right now. Um, we're looking into that. Um, we're, you know, the, the Zapier integration, it was in beta for a very long time. It's it's coming out of beta and we're gonna add additional triggers there. So you're gonna get, continue to automate other things throughout other platforms also. So we're just gonna continue to to do what we do and you know develop and make things that you know MSPs are wanting, needing, asking for. Um, and we feel really good about where we're headed. I, like I said, I um, I can't promise a public roadmap, but I can I can I can foresee more of those um, fireside chats with insights of where the product's headed from, you know, our product manager as well as our you know CTO. So I can I can see that happening for sure. Um, 
because we do, we want you guys to know what's on the way. We want to help you grow your business. And like Steve's saying, it, you know, we want you to be able to eliminate as many additional costs and fees from other platforms also. If we know something's on the way, heck, we want to let you know. Um, so I definitely can see the value there too. Um, right, I'm waiting for the day that you guys start raising the rates. So, it's going so to happen at some point. Richard brought up a, another point. So, um, he he did he did go in further. Uh, let's see here. So many comments to review. All right. So, uh, it has nothing to. Uh, if I have fifty PCs and only need and only ten need a specific app, instead of just using Chocolatey that's built in, I have to script it. Same for uninstall. But but do you? I don't think you do because you can go to the the third party patch management. And you, you can go, I, you don't need to. Right. You need a policy for that though. You need a policy. So, but that'd be, I mean, that's simple. You hit clone for policy, you get a new policy, go edit the things you need and then do your quick search, target the 15 machines you want and apply that policy. Right. So Nick said, I agree. Roadmaps are helpful, especially for someone who's thinking of switching. Uh, and then Richard, we're back here. Plus in our third party patch management policy, I can't add additional apps that have update if present, which is also an issue in creating policies. Come on, Crystal, it's just a checkbox. That's all it is. <laughs> right, right. Checkbox. Yeah, well, put check 50 checkboxes in there. It doesn't mean they need to work. Just put no, them in there. I just want to clarify, Richard, I've got jokes. I'm not actually teasing you, okay? Um, <laughs> all right, I may want to install an update for the five computers that have a specific app. Other than that, I love Synchro. I'm not really interested in non-chocolatey items. Um, I just don't expect my tier one text to script things. Okay. Right. Tier, and, and that, and, yeah, and, and tier one text shouldn't script things, right? Like They shouldn't. Like, so I, essentially, I what I should do is I should have scripts that I, as the boss, have vetted that are available to run in certain environments. And then my tier one guys have the opportunity to know that they can run those scripts, right? Like we have a number of, like I said, a lot across our customer base, almost every customer has their own line of business product, right? There's some app or, you know, whatever thing that they have that they all need on their computers. And it from time to time gets updated. But, or like, or let's talk about printers, right? Because printers, mm -hmm. every, like everyone's environment is horrible. We have a law firm we work with and they've got 10 freaking printers, right? And so... You, the way that that problem got solved, the way I solved printers is took the time to go in, document all the, you know, you go to every printer, you run out the configuration page. Some of them are HP, some of them are brother, some of them are whatever the hell they are, Xerox. And then you go back and you spend an hour or two and you go and you script the installation for those printers. And then you'd never have to do that again. And no. one thing that's happened recently that I don't think a lot of people are aware of if they're not head down like software people is Windows 10 imp implemented a whole new printer driver installation methodology that's mm -hmm. really freaking slick and works really, really well. And so we actually went back and updated some older scripts that we had that required, you know, downloading the driver and whatnot. But it, it's PowerShell based now. It's, it's super, super quick. And you do that one time. And now you've got a boiler, like we have, essentially have a boilerplate for installing printers, right? All I got to do is change a couple of variables in that and it works anywhere in the world. 
And so I think that's important, right? Is like, you can't necessarily expect, this is part of the sprawl that worries me, right? Is a a lot of people are like, I want a button that does this. Well, that's great, but you have more power if they give us the opportunity to have that script that does that. And let's Um, also, let's also not forget that if you have a button that does this, like how many buttons do you expect Synchro to create is, is my first question. And then my, my next question is, at what point are you actually an IT person? And at what point are you just a guy that knows where all the buttons are in Synchro? And, and I again, I get like, you want to make sure that your tier one guys can be more empowered to do things. But there's also a reason that they're tier one guys. You know, you, you maybe don't want them just installing things willy nilly, you know? Maybe if something needs installed, it should be a tier two guy, and the tier one guy is just triaging the issue and escalating it at that point. I mean, I, I'm not going to tell people how to run their business, except for when I do. But um, <laughs> the the thing the thing that I I want to clarify is that if if you as the business owner, um, or or maybe you've got a key man, uh, which get a key man insurance policy if you do. If uh, if you as the business owner. Uh, have have a really solid background in scripting then synchro really can do anything that you need it to do and if and if your problem is that synchro um isn't able to do things because you want to make it easier for your tier one techs then it sounds like what really needs to happen is you need to spend time just like derek said you need to spend time figuring out what scripts you need to write write those scripts test them vet them and approve those scripts for use by your tier one guys. You know, if if there's if there's an application like if you're telling me that that you've you've got tier one guys that just randomly need to install any software at any moment, um, that that sounds dangerous. I wouldn't trust a tier one guy to just randomly go and install random software. But if it's one of my customers' line of business apps. Or if it's one of my tools, why don't I already have it scripted? Would would be would be the response that I should be telling myself in my mind, right? So let's see what what else. Uh, Richard also said the only other thing that kills me is Synchro's remote system. It's much too far behind other systems, forcing me to have to utilize SplashTop and TeamViewer. I will say, the remote system. I love that it's HTML5. I do. But there's something quirky about it if I try doing it from my iPad Pro. Uh, I ha- I have to get in on this. <laughs> this I'm, I'm a Mac so this user is, though, I, so I love that I can do I can do it from my Mac. I'm a happy man right. there. I've come around on this. I was I was an assassin in the beginning, and now I'm an advocate. And um. Uh, <laughs> Is the is the new beta product? Is that something we talk about publicly, Crystal? <laughs> There's a beta product. Can I? Get or is it? Why do I don't I remember signing it? an NDA. So, <laughs> is is that available? It's available to everyone. I don't. Uh, if I just got in trouble, I'm sorry. Um, is that a no? Like, am I not supposed to talk about that? It's not available to. Oh, everyone. okay. Whoops. Anyway, all right. So hold, hold on. Let's back the train up a second here. So it sounds like there is a thing coming. There's a thing. So Synchro Live, I love. I do too. And I, I, so, but here's why I love it. 
all of the stuff except the remote. So, but yeah. it's nice. So we're a team viewer house, right? We're a team viewer. Um, I guess I never listed them on my product list. We, and look, yes, yes. I wish I didn't need team viewer, but it is literally worth its weight in gold. I pay, I don't know, three, $4,000 annually for our subscription. Nice. And it gets me out of all the jams, all the jams. And Synchro installs and integrates with the team viewer, right? So boom, it's sexy. Um, but I like having the options, right? So the T Synchro Live is, we all know, like, let's not beat this dead horse. Synchro Live Remote is slow, it's clunky. But that one time that something's wonky with TeamViewer, you can get in with the remote of the Synchro Live and you can, you know, get it, get it working and, and then you go in. But I love Synchro Live because of the uh, command shell yes in the powershell yes. and i love it because of the remote registry editor i've needed to like I'm, like i can get in there when someone's on their computer without having to you know do anything to their computer and, and you don't have to do a little it. registry thing you, you right. can edit no scripting the if you don't want without to without having a script you can literally just right click edit d word like they like i i am with you i am 100% with you i literally the only thing i, I really don't like is like it's quirky on my ipad um, because I also use a mouse on my iPad. So let Dev know that maybe they should just figure out what's going on and hopefully it is something that can be fixed. I'm, I assume uh, it's not a Be patient. Fix. Be patient, young man. Okay. Um, and then the, the other thing, um, I, I like that even though it's HTML5, you do have that like little copy-paste area, so you made it easy. Like you, you guys have done things to like try and help us bridge the gap of... It's, it's in a web browser, but it doesn't suck so hard. Um, <laughs> so yeah. so I'll, I'll, I'll say like, yeah, I, I get it. Um, he said, other than that, I love all the integrations. They really do push a lot of updates. I look forward to working with my staff on this system. Even cool little things like the snowflakes are so much fun. All right, now you're just sucking up. <laughs> now, the snowflakes, hey, really, Richard? Awesome, Richard. We, we I've, I've got them on. I've got them on, and I, 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 it added a little bit of levity to my day. You're not, and you're not, um, you're not wrong. <laughs> I, I, I accidentally figured out how to turn them off the other day, and I still haven't turned them off. So, yeah. uh, I love this session. It's great talking to you guys. Reporting system has become so much better. Uh, the thing is that you end up with hundreds of. Oh, he's back to. So he just doesn't want hundreds of policies, but that's what Control F is for. Uh, you know, and yes, but they're on the road. Like they've they've already said that that's on their roadmap, yeah. and you know, nesting policies and inheritance. Mm -hmm. I don't know which the verbiage is, but yeah, like that. At some point, you're gonna have the luxury of I've got a desktop policy, and my customers all inherit from that, and it's gonna yeah. get better. I'm yeah. not worried about yeah. that at all. I'll say this: I can't wait for the day that I don't need Adagy anymore. And and mm -hmm. I just want to reiterate. Like, you know what I use Adagy for? Hmm. Remotely connecting to the desktop of a Mac. Hey, I got you covered. Yeah? Cover. Yeah. You'll be excited. In the next couple, like, in Q1, it was said out loud in Q1. We've, Can I get the beta of that? How do I get some betas, Crystal? Hey, how many, how many Macs do you manage? Oh, there's literally, like... One's a six. Yeah. <laughs> no, and we're the same way, right? Like the only people that have Macs in my and my customers are like the one or two like 
CEOs or CFOs, like not even CFOs, they like Windows, right? Because they use Excel so much. Uh, presidents, right? Like maybe a person in marketing and just insists on having a Mac. But yeah, yeah we, we manage like, I, I swear across all of our endpoints, we have like three Macs. I've got, I've got an interior design firm and a church that mm-hmm. uh, they are Mac shops. But I mean, be- between all of those and mine, I mean, we're talking like half a dozen-ish. Okay, so yeah. I don't have a lot which which makes tools like yeah like i really need to access my max like do i really want to spend you know whatever the minimum is for adigy just to have that like does anyone really want to spend twelve hundred dollars a month just so you can remotely access six max like no that right. sucks like i'd rather just fire the client because <laughs> well, th- and this is why we money. use team viewer right like if we need it we got it and but the so the story of mac management via uh, microsoft endpoint manager is not bad. So I for the most part, we're, we're covered on the security side, right? Our, you know, our, we use Sentinel One, um, it, it installs on the Mac. Um, and so we're able to uh, lightly manage those devices, you know, through the Microsoft uh, uh, subscriptions and the security tools that we use with Microsoft. So it's when you have a handful, but I, I understand, I get it. There are, there are partners, there are MSPs that do 100% Mac and, mm-hmm. you know, Yep. So, Crystal, uh, if if I were so inclined to watch this fireside chat, is that an option? Yeah, it's on our YouTube channel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And and Richard said, I, everything else with Synchro Live is great, but the remote isn't integrated into the phone app yet. Oh, I didn't even realize Synchro Live is integrated into the phone app now. It you it. In the mobile app, it'll give you like Synchro Live. When you click Synchro Live, it's going to pop you out into a web browser. Oh, okay. Is is mm-hmm. that something that you think you guys might start putting mm-hmm. into the app? Yeah, I know we're looking into it. I know we have specific resources for the mobile app, so I know we're looking into it. That's really cool. All right, so that's tough, though. I mean, you try to do remote on any computer, right? Like that's the emergency situation where you like, I got no choice. I'm sitting at the airport, but. Also, the reason why I carry a Surface around with me. And see, I carry my Mac. I, I I used to carry my MacBook with me everywhere I went, but now I'm able to do so much for my business on my iPad. Like, if I could do this on my iPad, I might not have a Mac. Like legit, yeah. like legit. Um, <laughs> and the and the other like you know I I can't hook up an external monitor and have it not suck to an iPad. Um, but, you know, just like little little quality of life things make it impossible. But, like, I can go work on, you know, client websites. I can go review my synchro stuff. I can do billing. I can do all kinds of stuff from an iPad. Um, it's just so much nicer with a big 34-inch ultra-wide in front yeah. of Yeah. Um, yes. So, uh, didn't know about nesting. That'll be very helpful. OMG, I can't wait to see this. I assume he's talking about, oh, the new update. So maybe he's talking about the remote. I don't know. He might be talking about the remote because they're delayed, you know. So they might be talking about the the fancy new remote thing that Derek spilled the beans on. Uh, (laughs) How how far out are, are, are we from getting this remote thing that he's beta testing? I don't know. Oh, Richard said he manages about 150 Macs at the moment. Richard does? 
Mm-hmm. Okay, Richard, you're going to be happy camper here pretty soon. Okay. And Q1, so that, just to clarify, Richard, Q1 does mean by, like, March 30th, 31st, right? So you can't be mad if it's the end of January right. and you still don't have it. Right. Yes. And technically, you can't really be too mad if it's the end of March and you still don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Derek, I, I feel like we went off on so many tangents. Right. Um, I had I had so many questions I I wanted to ask you, and I don't I don't know if I was able to get through any of them. <laughs> I, I'm looking through some of the ones we said we wanted to talk about, and I I feel like we we more or less answered all of them, but I know one that you had specifically called out was, you know, did Synchro help us increase uh, MR, the monthly reoccurring? And, uh, you know, if you haven't figured out by now, the answer is yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, we immediately saved, uh, the, the, the SolarWinds bill was a little over a thousand bucks a month. I feel like in my mind, like when it hit a thousand is when I lost my crap. Um, and obviously that went down to, uh, I was like 150 or 129 or whatever, because originally we went with the pro package. But again, at that time, it was the just... the most expensive synchro is still only 150 a user, if that, and that's right. when you're paying monthly. I mean, it, right. it, gets down, it gets down to like 120 or something when you pay annually. Like, it really right. isn't I, I... bad. Like... Well, and, and that's the thing too, right? So with SolarWinds, that... ticketing was one of my biggest challenges for a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I tried third-party products. SolarWinds Logic now had one that was sort of kind of there, but it was coming and going. And then uh, SolarWinds was like, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna fix that." No, 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 we're making a new one. And it was just this super weird integration because you had to like actually import your assets and stuff like every time you made an update. Like it was just a mess. And so. Um, that was one of the things that like, and I, I want to clarify too, like we did endpoint management, we did uh, AV through SolarWinds as well. So when we dropped the thousand dollars a month included about $600 in AV. So, but you know, it was a significant saving for like 400 bucks. Uh, but anyway, yeah, like the, the key, there's two key features that like hands down when I tested all of the testing that I did solar uh, synchro one. Right. And it was the, uh, the effectiveness of patching. Like mm. it, actually works and then uh, it was having the integrated you know ticketing like that was that was it man it needs a lot of love <laughs> i i really wish i wish they would put a dev team on fit and finish uh you know um every time i change a, a ticket status after i started typing the ticket reply i'm like ah got me again <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that that does drive me crazy too Th- thankfully at least on my mac It'll it'll like refresh the page and then I just click a little button and then it puts all my stuff back. They did yeah, add that. I, I don't know when that little button came, but I did notice that. But then I, then part of me is like, why do you got to make me click the button? Just refill out the form for me. Like what the hell? Um, and one I, of the I things that like so that one I of the things hit save just to like every every time you change something, it's cool that it's that it's automatically updating. But I wish that it could be done like. I think maybe the the term is Ajax, where it doesn't have right, to refresh right. the page every time. Um, right. That is that, and that's that, like that's a six of one half a dozen thing, right? Like you just don't right. know. I feel like that's like part of the fun. It's like it's like whack a mole or I don't know some kind of game, but like some fields you can change, 
and it takes the change and you're good to go. Other fields, you change it and you got to wait for the refresh, right? Yeah, I've I've sent that in a few times is what I thought were feature requests. So we'll see what happens. Um, and then there was oh, the but my my burn. I got to get this in. I would you know I, I have to I have to use my 15 minutes of fame. My burning burning desire, like if if I could wave a magic wand and Synchro would make one update that would satisfy Derek Gabriel and then he would live happily ever after, it would be HTML support in the ticket notes. Because that is the one thing we miss. Like, try doing a step-by-step instruction with plain text. It's a lot of spaces and fake tabs. It's a pain in the ass. I would even be happy if it were more like, like the Reddit editor, text editor, where oh sure, like some Markdown or something. Yeah, Markdown would be cool. Or even if it was just a very generic, like it doesn't have to be like complete, uh, rich text. But even if it, or, or like Slack, like, you know, Slack, you can do yeah. bold, italic, bullets, numbers, uh, text blocks, like just real basic. Right. Like, I don't need every... Yeah, I think, I think Slack uses Markdown as well. Yeah, I don't need Superscript and, and Highlight and like, I don't need all that crap. Like, sure, some of that stuff's cool, but I'd even be happy with, with just some basic Markdown. I think that would go a long way to making it... Um, making it more user-friendly for our end users. And I would even go as far as to say, like, I would be okay not even seeing a preview. <laughs> like, you know, because I'm comfortable enough with Markdown, at least, where I remember for a while, like Zendesk, you know, years ago, Zendesk, you could do Markdown, but you couldn't actually see it unless you clicked a button that said preview. Oh, so, yeah. so like I would even, you know, for, for the people that are saying like, you guys are so behind on, on like remote, like, you know, Kaseya BMS does rich text in the, in the text editor for notes, um, which, which will lead me to, to say this, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of buzz around data right now. Um, you know, Autotask, I, I haven't really heard much about, I mean, you know, I know some people that are switching to Autotask um, from like Kaseya and ConnectWise and that type of stuff. I don't, I don't hear many people switching from Synchro, but the the big thing I'm I'm hearing right now is everyone switching from other things over to Dato RMM, um, and and how excited they are about Dato RMM, and like for example, Dato RMM has uh, the HTML5 everything, like Synchro Live. I have no idea how it functions. You know, it could suck. Uh, <laughs> I mean, um, I love how Crystal's like, yeah, it could. It really could. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't say it does. I didn't say that. She didn't say it does. She just said it no. could. <laughs> I, I didn't say that. <laughs> you smiled. You nodded. I knew what it meant. <laughs> she, she didn't say that, guys. Dado, you can't sue her. These are all my words. Um, so, yeah, she's she's clear. She's safe. I said so. Um, all right, so so I'll say this. Like, you know, I'm hearing a lot of buzz about Dado, and they've, they've put a lot of time and effort over the last, like, two, three years into the user interface on Dado RMM. Because I don't know if you guys remember uh, before Autotask, whatever they called it, uh, before that was Centra Stage. And yeah. center stage was hideous, um, but it was functional. Um, it it reminds me of 
repair shopper in a way. Like, no offense, I also don't like repair shopper. I think it's hideous. Um, I think Synchro is an improvement over what I remember from my repair shopper days, but there are still some <laughs> idiosyncrasies that I don't, I just don't get. Like, because it's because it still has that repair shop type stuff baked in because it's just still there and you guys are I don't want to say you're bolting on more and more because that makes it sound janky it's not janky but like you guys keep making more and more improvements but like I still I still feel repair shopper so like I can't wait for the day when you guys are like you know what let's just completely overhaul this uh, this UI let's 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 make everything all pretty and you know have have really cool background uh, backgrounds and and let's just make it look like Crystal's room there with, <laughs> with all the synchro colors and yes. and gauges and widgets. Like, like the dashboard page, gorgeous. I wish every page was as gorgeous as the dashboard page. Mm-hmm. Truly. I'm not saying, I'm not saying. <laughs> the, as... new, the new CEO reports or whatever they call them, those, those look pretty good. Um, but I definitely, this is part of the growing up that I was mentioning earlier is like, when they actually have people who are dedicated to, to user experience UX and CX, and there's a team that cares about that, then that's that's you know that to me that's the next step. Yeah. Aaron yep. Liz, Aaron says I love the web hooks to Teams. Kudos for that. And Richard. Says, yeah, I just wish that would get better. That's see, that's on my list of stuff where it's like it's there, but let's you know, and that's. Again, like there's these two products that I've seen, and I can't remember either of their names, but they both like essentially the tech can work in Teams, right? Because it it can integrate with the other platforms, and and you know the, the requisite pieces of what Synchro needs from the API are missing for that to work. But instead of Synchro being the one that's like, oh, we're gonna make the Teams, I'm using integration air quotes because it's it's literally a webhook. But like if they, you know there's the opportunity there to take advantage of like adaptive cards or other things where I can update the ticket status from teams and then I don't have to get back. You know, I don't have to jump back and forth mm-hmm. um, because, you know, again, as, like I said, we do a lot with Microsoft and all of our customers have teams. We spend a lot of time interacting with our co- teams is like number one, you know, Synchro's like second or third on the list of, of where we have to be during the day. But again, like I, I don't necessarily, I mean, I want that to happen, but I don't necessarily want or think that Synchro has got to be the one that builds that. But you know, Anyway. Oh, good, man. So um, I, I think this is a great comment to kind of start wrapping up with. From Richard. I found Datto did everything and more than what I needed. I switched from Datto to Synchro. However, at the core, for the expense, Synchro does what I want and need without the added expense. So that's that's interesting. So it sounds like... To me, when I hear Datto did everything and more, that sounds like he could have grown into Datto further. Um, and and that makes that makes me a little worrisome. Um, but I do think that Synchro is probably able to check off more boxes than he realizes, especially when you when you guys start to think about how much you can truly accomplish when it comes to scripting and automation and uh you know if if like i said if if you can be a a powershell rock star then you really can do just about anything you needed to do especially because they've built that powershell module out for synchro 
I wish that the PowerShell module documentation was a little more clear because let me tell you, even even with the notes down at the bottom of, of the scripting area, it still took me like 19 tries to get the, the stuff working. And that could be because I'm not a PowerShell rock star, or it could be because maybe I just didn't understand the context of uh, the comments that you guys had in there. So I, I think with just a little bit more context and a little bit more documentation that the, the PowerShell stuff would be epic. Well, they've got all those sample scripts now too. I think that really helps those boilerplates where you can see how certain yeah. things work. Yep. That's, that's true yep. as well. So, yep, exactly. So, you know, I, I would say that I would love to come back, Steve, and have a conversation with you just a little bit more about the industry in general. But I really feel like, in, in that last comment sort of s s kind of says it in a way, but like, I feel like there's a lot of rent seeking going on, right? Like there's a, there's been so many acquisitions and a lot of, and like these acquisitions are obviously how these companies are growing, right? Growth through acquisition because there's no organic growth. And like, that looks good on paper for financial reasons. But like, like Datto and a lot of these other companies sort of have like things that, People, like you said, they could grow into them. Yes, they, they potentially could. But also those could just be things that no one ever really needs. And that's they're, they're just rent seeking, right? They're looking for money that isn't really necessarily providing a value. So that's that's kind of a challenge that I have. And, um, you know, I don't at this point, I haven't felt at all constraint, uh, any kind of constraint from using Synchro to this point. And I think we're just coming into like a really great spot. I think Synchro is going to be. Um, very instrumental in the next phase of growth for my company. Um, but I, I will be completely frank too, that um, we're doing so much more now with Microsoft um, than we ever could from an endpoint management. And one of the reasons why Synchro is so valuable for that is because what Microsoft's lacking at this point is you can do PowerShell scripting um, inside of, uh, of endpoint manager, right? Which is Intune. And so when we onboard a computer, we use autopilot. And then Autopilot actually installs the, the Synchro agent. And from there, we use the Synchro then to install a bunch of apps and, and bring it up to the environmental standards. Uh, and there, there is the, but, but you cannot on demand uh, run a PowerShell script from Endpoint Manager, but that's, that's obviously gonna change at some point, right? So there's a challenge that eventually Synchro and other RMMs may become obsolete by some of the first party tools that companies like Microsoft put out. But I, I don't think, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, we're super happy, like I said. So I think I think that's a challenge that the industry faces is, you know. Yeah, and I think you're I think you're spot on there because I think that while like ConnectWise has been around forever, they have uh, I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and be like, Yeah, we we have everything ConnectWise has. No, like that's not a thing. It would take years for us to get there. Mm -hmm. But what I do know is that we have MSPs that are like 15 to 20 technician MSPs migrating from ConnectWise, migrating from Autotask that, you know, as long as, you know, you're running your your business in a structured way, you know the tools that you need to use and you use them daily and you have automation set up and you are structured in that way. Um, what we're hearing from these larger MSPs is, holy smokes, this cleaned up my business. Like now I don't have all of this bloated software. I, it's fast. It's modern. It's streamlined. And that's what we're hearing from the larger MSPs, like the the, the 20 user. You know, we had Ross um, on with you, Steve. I, mm -hmm. I can't remember when that was. Um, they're a very large MSP and very happy with Synchro. And what I like about that is that you know, I think that 
the the point of of moving and migrating to synchro is that we want you to grow what that's like our whole thing we want to make we want to help msps make more money right. and which means which means growth so like we are very confident in our software that we're not going to create a software that essentially is going to then limit you know like it, it, you know it's like it's like um it's like the idea of i always like use this reference where like personal trainers, for example, it's funny when you hear about like, hey, I'm a personal trainer and I'm gonna offer you cookies to keep you as a customer. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Where you like have this cycle. Like it's like what, that's not the case here with Synchro. We are building things continuously to help our customers grow and not to grow out of Synchro. It's to help them grow in general. And so I think that you'll find that as you, as your company grows and you invest your time in in synchro and, and really see how the ins and outs and how it can save you time save you money you're going to grow with us and it's going to be awesome i you know i i don't actually have anything of value to add to that except that i remember i i was a member of planet fitness years ago and they had pizza <laughs> pizza night at planet fitness guys <laughs> this is what i'm saying job security we're not trying yeah, that's genius from their standpoint. <laughs> All right, well, hey, uh, Derek, Crystal, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. I, Crystal, I always enjoy having you on. Uh, Derek, it was awesome to to meet you. Um, I, I want uh, I want to take you up on that. I, you know, if you if you want to be on, let's let's book some time and, and let's get you on here again, so that way you and I can uh, continue to talk nerdy. I just don't think people have it in them to do more than two hours. Um, right, right. <laughs> we are at one hour, 59 minutes, and 34 seconds. So Goodness. Um, well, thank you, Steve. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Take care, everybody. Thanks so much for watching. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Have you been looking for a way to stay focused on your goals and grow your MSP? Accountability groups from Rocket MSP can help. We offer weekly accountability sessions that meet online with a group of your peers. Your success begins with accountability. Go to www.rocketmsp.io to join your accountability group today.